1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Hello and welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook Gap, an official sports betting partner of the NFL don't forget to hit that like button subscribe wherever you get your podcast leave us a five-star review I'm Johnny Venerable joined as always I love saying that now by the great Bo Brock and introducing the newest member of our PHNX Cardinal squad former Arizona Cardinal running back the pride of Northwestern himself (laughs) Damian Anderson welcome my friend Johnny great hair you're awesome on the reads Bo
1: great teeth let's get it (laughs) let's do it man Johnny great teeth too Great teeth though,
2: Johnny, we're bringing in a guy when the Arizona Cardinals are linked to a running back today. It's just perfect that it all went down this way. Damian Anderson, a guy who rushed for 2,000 yards in one season. 2K in 2K for DA. That actually happened at Northwestern. I mean... Damien, you got to let guys like Johnny, and myself in on what that actually felt like. Cause we've only done that on NCAA 2014. That's the only place that's happening for a couple guys like that. Is, is, do you just feel like you're, you're at a track meet each and every game that season? I mean,
1: it, don't get me wrong. It was amazing. But I think when you're in that zone and you're worried about the next game and the next opponent and you're just mm-hmm. trying to win, right? Like you can't even appreciate the moment. Like what you're, you're you can't even be in the space, right? Like it's, almost like I appreciate it now when I'm in the group chats with my friends from college and I'm like, but did you rush for 2000 yards? You know what I mean? <laughs> or were you an all American? You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So, but no, in all seriousness, I just think that you, when you look back and you reflect and you, you I think you can identify how I'd say not so often that happens, right? You just appreciate what you and your teammates sacrificed to get to moments like that and achieve what you did.
0: Damian Anderson, former Arizona Cardinal running back. We're excited to bring you on in the height of draft season. We're going to get, hopefully, a lot of insight from you as it relates to all of these running back prospects. Rashad White, of course, of ASU. We're going to have some game film broken down, hopefully later in the week. But let's start in the defensive backfield, gentlemen, as the Arizona Cardinals are linked to one of the draft's top cornerback prospects in Trent McDuffie. There have been a couple different pieces of information that have come out today, and, Bo, it really shouldn't be surprising. I mean, McDuffie, of course, a UW graduate or a UW prospect, coming from that pipeline that saw Byron Murphy go in the second round of the Cardinals in 2019, of course, Buddha Baker in the second round of a few years prior to that. Both have been good players. Of course, Baker's been the better of the two. And now you've got McDuffie as, a, I think, a legitimate option, it sounds like, for the Cardinals to pick 23.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. It might be a season too late because we thought that that was the main need last draft season when they were sitting there and they had the opportunity at uh, 16th overall. And they go with the inside linebacker, Zayvon Collins, and he's played sparingly. But, Damien, correct me if I'm wrong, it just seems like this is all too convenient. A school that the Arizona Cardinals have a pair of secondary members, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy Jr., already from there. It just feels like a gigantic, cheech and chong size smoke screen that they're just trying to put themselves in the conversation for Trent McDuffie, who would have a like an incredible nickname, McDuff Man. But I, I don't know <laughs> if that's the route they want to go at 23. I think that with the addition of Jeff Gladney and potentially, you know, them kicking the tower tires on bringing back Robert Alford, that that room seems more complete than a a couple other position groups on this team. So I'd be surprised if they pulled the trigger, even though he's a very talented prospect. He just looks like what the scouting report is on Trent McDuffie is, he's very similar to how Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy play. I, I don't know why you would just need a third guy just like that.
1: No, I think you guys make some some great points, but I think in those points, you talked about Baker second round. You talked about Byron Murphy, second round. I mean, I think that that's a good place where we see the McDuffster potentially going, <laughs> right? Um, with that being said, I think that there's some more pressing areas of concern, you know, like a number yeah. two compliment to DeAndre Hopkins, you know, assuring up that defensive line, And I mean, it it can be like potentially Russia throwing out there some misleading information or, you know, just trying to get people thinking in different ways. But I mean, how many of these prognosticators, I know it's our job to talk about, but how many of them have been correct, right? Like how many of them have, you know what, first through 10, 10 through, you know, 32, we're going to, they've been correct on every pick. I think that what Steve Kahn has shown and and done in the past, he's going to take, regardless of position, (laughs) he's going to take the best. The, highly, the most highly graded athlete, right? And unfortunately, at times, that's not necessarily it fits into their scheme and what they're doing. Figures that we have the most talent, we most have we have the best measurables, we can work around that and fit it within our system. To your point, Bo, if you look at Zavian, played sparingly. I mean, hopefully that transitions, you know, even with Simmons when he initially came into the league, finding how that relationship fits within the team. I mean, can they get it? Can they make it happen? To me, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I don't love it either, and this is not a knock on the player himself, and I, I'm fearful that we're going to come across like that leading up to the draft because, right. at least in my opinion, like I am so staunchly this team, either taking an impact front seven uh, player, somebody that can rush the passer, or or number two receiver to Hopkins. So this is not a, a knock on Trent McDuffie, who, by the way, I mean, he's 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 a solid first-round pick. He's, he's drawing pro, pro comps to the Jair Alexanders of the world. Listen, if the Cardinals got a duplicate – of the former green Bay Packers, they'd be in a really good spot. But I, I think at the end of the day, you talk about Marco Wilson playing as much as he did last year at Jeff Gladney, getting real money from the Cardinals this off season for the next two years. I just, I don't see the impact. Byron Murphy was referred to as a star by Steve Kime, the NFL combine. When I asked about his contract status, that would lead you to believe he will be back. And Robert Alford played well enough last year. They've already brought him back in for a visit. Like, it would be pretty absurd for that not to get done. So so there's your top four cornerbacks. And so you bring this guy in. I've also heard some rumblings that maybe he's better at safety at the NFL level, and that's certainly a position the Cardinals do not need. Now, I think, Damien, to your point, with the kind of the smoke leading teams to maybe take him above them, this is from Nathan Matheson, who covers UW, um, subquoted my tweet about McDuffie and the Cardinals' interest. He said that, at McDuffie's Pro Day on March 29th, the two teams that had been mentioned the most in building that strong relationship with him were the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals picking before the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I, I just think the Cardinals like their pipeline in Washington. Agree, and they. Honey. And I also believe, like, the Cardinals have been burned in a lot of different ways. But they probably feel a sense of security like, hey, we know if we take a, a DB from, from this university, we're going to be in pretty good shape. We're not going to miss. Now, I think you're better off maybe trading down. I think he's somewhere, uh, probably a back half of the first round type of cornerback prospect. He is not my first choice at 23. Could you do worse? Absolutely. But I I just feel like this team, it doesn't matter how many quality corners you flood the room with, if you can't rush the passer, it's over for you.
1: Yeah, no, agreed. And I just remember back to my days of the draft. And, you know, although I was an undrafted free agent, I had some great conversations. And if there was a, a, a Illinois, you know, NX show, you know, .com back in Illinois, I would have probably, if I, if Johnny V would have called me, and Johnny, I know that you're from around those parts. I am, Johnny, yes. You, you know what I mean? Like, D, where do you think that you're going? Well, I had some great conversations with the Bears. I had some great conversations with the Eagles. And you could have swore based on those conversations I was, you know, I was going there. But come draft day, yeah. things change a lot. And as you, as we know, with the current situation, there's a lot of fluid movements, right? There's a lot of smoke screens, a lot of information out there. Um, as you said, Johnny, they they can do a lot worse. We want to give all respect to McDuffie to even be, you know, considered yeah. hopefully he goes, you know, first round, right? Hopefully it happens. But I think anyone that's a fan of the Arizona Cardinals could identify with the pieces that they've lost, with the uncertainty at certain positions that are, you know. Uh, I would say uh, definitely important, like being a compliment to DeAndre Hopkins. If you look at, you know, it's all about comps, right? If you look across the national football league and you see what offenses are successful, they usually have a stellar number one, a stellar number two or a stellar number one and a great tight end. Right. And the Cardinals need that type of combination of talent. I mean, I already believe that they had, no, it's already what Bo's going to get into. I believe that they have a stud at quarterback really like Kyler Murray Um, do we all need to grow as people, players, et cetera? Sure, yeah. But I think that DeAndre comes back healthy. It's only the right thing to do to secure up that number, two to provide some extra additional protection for Kyler.
2: I mean, from your experience and in your opinion, when you look at this draft process and you look at guys who can be plug-and-play and make an impact early on, we've seen several wide receivers just seamlessly make the transition from NCAA to the NFL and make their impact known. As far as positions go, if the Arizona Cardinals don't take a wide receiver at 23, if they look at the defensive side of the football, the edge rusher or the cornerback, what's the easier transition for a college athlete?
1: Well, I think there's a couple variables, right? Like, if he, is he a 4-3 or 3-4? Is he putting his hand down on the ground? You know, there's a, is, he a, is he a piano guy, meaning he could play any key on the defensive line? You know, those are some of the variables that are at play but I would just think from a natural, natural, like fluid body movement uh, standpoint, I would say interior linemen, right? Because they don't have to really think about, am I keeping outside contained? Am I doing this or am I doing that? Or do I have to play in space, right? Versus an interior defensive lineman. It's either I'm clogging up this run gap. I'm using my, you know, athleticism and strength to, to beat these one-on-ones or squeeze through these double teams. So I think the less you have to think about making these moves and doing these things, the better off uh, they'll be. So that transition is a little bit easier. So like when you go play receiver or you play running back, it's it's just reading the hole and then just reacting, right? Same thing with receiver, identifying the coverage and adjust your
0: route uh, accordingly. Yeah, this is just a position I feel like, and it, the draft is not just about getting fans excited, but the Cardinals have had, let's be honest, a, a very, very, M- modest offseason, they have not made a splash move or uh, to that matter, a move that grabs any kind of headlines outside of the initial wave where they were able to resign Zach Ertz and James Conner. You take a, you take a player at the cornerback position who, by the way, like his, his best attribute is his tackling, which is, which is great. You need to be able to tackle the NFL level, but the Cardinals have cornerbacks and DBs that can do that already. They were yeah. known for that last year. This is a guy who last year in the Pac-12, which has a lot of mediocre quarterback play, had zero interceptions. Now, that that can be overrated, right? But Byron Murphy came in the NFL and and, and wasn't great with his ball skills. And this is a kid who I think has the same learning curve. So it's just like, what are we we doing the same thing over again? Especially if you think about, okay, what if they don't bring Byron Murphy back? Are we just kind of recycling over and over again? Or are we actively trying to get better at positions of need? And I just I would be much more keen on, of course, giving Kyler Murray more firepower offensively. And we'll talk about you know offense and some of the moves that they're making or they're not making in the second segment. But unless I'm doing something active to get after opposing quarterbacks, we saw how effective that was for the LA Rams and route to a Super Bowl this year. I mean, just loading up on pass rushers, right? San Francisco got to the NFC title game was a game away from the Super Bowl without a cornerback to name up. I mean, they were starting Josh Norman in their secondary. But guess what? They had Nick Bosa on the edge. They had Armstead at defensive tackle, right? They had Fred Warner. The Cardinals, if, if they go heavy on cornerback, I just feel like they're going away from the trend of what the NFL is. The receivers are too talented now. You can't touch them at the line of scrimmage. Going heavy at cornerback when you don't have an adequate pass rush I think is a recipe for disaster.
1: Johnny, I think you brought up some great points. And I think that with those key factors, defensive line and offensive firepower, you identify that the margin for error is very minimal, right? Yeah. Because it's like, how much time do I have as a quarterback to get rid of the football versus how much time do I have as a defensive rusher to get to the quarterback, right? So you're you're always playing that game. And I'm sure there, there's some coaching misdirection, things of that nature, it's just to change up the tempo, right? When they snap the football, things of that. I mean, that's what you know, analysts and everyone else gets paid to do. But at the end of the day, where the game has trending, we've identified what this game is about stars at receiver. And it's a game about having Aaron Donalds and Von Millers on your defensive Mm -hmm. line. Now, I think that we could all in agreement say that we love JJ Watt. We love what he could do. You identify, you know, guys on that defensive line, you, you lose a key component, you know, in Chandler Jones, it's like, Okay, how are we going to replace that reduction? How are we going to play, replace that leadership? And most importantly, it's about wins and losses and productivity, right? Like, who are we? Who who are the who do the Cardinals have, or who can they get to replace Chandler Jones, help out JJ Watt? And I think a, another key component is can you depend on JJ Watt? So that's another reason why you look for the defensive line, given his age, given his uh, I just say questionable durability at the age. I love JJ Watt; think he's a monster. Obviously, I'm a Big Ten guy um but just calling But a spade it's a real a question that
0: yeah. a real question
1: yeah calling a spade a spade looking at it it's like can we depend I guarantee you they, they have actuaries that could determine what's the probability JJ watt is going to if you don't know what an actuary is google it if he, if they could determine what JJ watt how long will he play is he over under 10 or 12 games is he you know is it six or eight games what are you gonna have if you have them for the extended period of the season that's only going to tremendously help everyone on the defense because of the reasons that you pointed out johnny i think you got to go d-line man
2: got to our northwestern grad over here already wicked smart and make the big me... words man can't <laughs> deal with it. but it is i mean it's so true and it seems like that the, that's the in the copycat league where everybody realizes that if you a, a great front seven and pass rush can elevate a pedestrian secondary because if you take a, a above average quarterback or pedestrian quarterback, they become very below average when they're under pressure and they're making bad throws. We see it. Matthew Stafford, when he has time, hall of fame caliber quarterback, when he's under pressure, he can make some bad throws just as bad as anybody in the league. Let's, let's
1: hold on now. No, nah, no, nah, you can't speak for the whole career. He got one year where he was under pressure and he looked like the man and respect. is <laughs> do. It was with the Rams, and I'm I'm gonna give it to him. He made some throws when he had – but with the with Detroit, we weren't talking about Matt Stafford as as a clutch. I don't know. Were you Johnny? Were you both? Were you Were you guys talking about Matthew we Stafford had, as he, a clutch he quarterback behind his
2: entire career? I mean, right. I mean, you yeah. you have a lot of clutch moments when you're chasing points all the time. But <laughs> yeah, enough. I mean, he, he still led the league in in picks. But he, look, he came up big when they needed. He he was absolutely the truth and every worth every penny. When and every, him,
0: he was there. Detroit. Yep. Interceptions don't bother me as long as the guy's slinging it downfield. I would much rather have that than somebody digging and dunking like the Tua's and the Alex Smith's of the world. All due respect to those guys. I want guys who are ready to rip it. And uh, you can rip it tonight on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Gentlemen, uh, national championship is tonight. Who you got, uh, Kansas or the underdog, the darling right
2: now after their upset over rival Duke, UNC? This is tough for me. I was a bandwagon Carolina fan growing up. And then my my grandmother is a KU grad. I think I'm gonna go rock chalk Jayhawk tonight.
1: Uh, we got two with rock rock chalk. I don't even know how to say it, but it's you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Rock yeah. chalk Jayhawk. Yeah, uh, one one of my good friends RMP Kwame Laster. Obviously, this is a Jayhawk, so I got connections there. I am a huge. Michael Jordan fan, but he ain't been with the program. I know the team's sponsored by him, but he hasn't been with the program for a minute. Um, so, do you think he'll be there tonight?
0: The- by the way, do you think do you think MJ will be Does in he the make house? An appearance? I, I mean, feel like he kind of has to, right? Of yeah. course, is it. absolutely, yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> um, but just given like my personal connections, I'm going to go Jayhawks and just how they've been playing all year, consistency, and just what we've seen you know, similar, just making that transition to the game, you got to go with consistency over, you know, Cinderella, Cinderella stories. I mean, if you look at the women's game, I know that it was, you know, the Gamecocks and they've just kind of came back, you know, uh, as of late, right? The last couple of years versus UConn, but UConn was injured all year. And it was kind of like that Cinderella story. And that's what I see with, you know, North Carolina, you know, they, they beat Duke and coach K, but Kansas has been doing it for a long time. You know, they got a, a great coaching staff. And I think that they're just primed and ready for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I said on PHNX Best Daily this morning, uh, take the over 151 and a half. I really like that. I I like UNC plus four. I do think Kansas is going to win. I would love to see UNC win, but I think I was talked out of this by my peer and my partner in crime, Sean, on the show today, saying the emotional letdown of beating Duke and Coach K. Sending them packing. I I think that they're going to be a little bit deflated tonight. But you're not going to be deflated if you use the DraftKings Sportsbook app because new customers can bet just five dollars on any team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets. If they do, it's that simple. If they win, you can win as well. DraftKings Sports customers can also bet on College Hoops utilizing the same game parlay. Like I just mentioned, you can bet the over, you can bet your favorite point spread, combine multiple bets from the same game from an e- for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and best of all, you can deposit withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Using that promo code PHNX, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, 21 and over, Arizona-only gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer, only minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details. Everybody in the, in the chat wants to talk about running back. Damien <laughs> is the running back of the hour of our show now as the Cardinals, maybe, maybe, Maybe looking to make a, an additional running back as well. PHNX Cardinals on the spot first. We signed our running back earlier. The Cardinals are supposedly in talks, hosting former Kansas City Chief running back Daryl Williams. He was, of course, with Kansas City, first four years of his career, won a Super Bowl. And, uh, gentlemen, what do we think about this move if it comes to fruition?
1: Um, I don't, I don't think that you can go, you know, wrong with adding a compliment to James Conner. I think that what we saw from James is, Obviously, the dirty, nasty, make a guy miss the third and one that no one really wants in the running back room. James is going to go out there and get it and get and get a first down or a touchdown. Um, you, you see what that clip right there of Williams. I mean, just being athletic, high boy, high pointing the football and just being a better athlete than the guy guarding him. And I think having that complement what we've seen in, in years past um, with, you know, with running backs that, you know, one just departing to the Dolphins. You know, things like that, you you need that one-two punch and to give a guy a break. I mean, we saw the the bearing that it took on James Conner, you know, just being, just taking the ball over and over again, but having that complimentary, complimentary running back that you feel comfortable, you know, confident. I mean, I really like, you know, Benjamin as well. I mean, I like him. I, I believe it was the San Fran game. I'm not really sure, but he broke out and ran over yeah. the running back. And you're just like, mm, okay. And I was a fan of him at ASU and I, this offseason, I had the ability, I, I work out, you know, running backs as they're prepping for the draft. And I and I worked out uh, Rashad White of, of, of ASU. And I know that we're going to get into him a little bit later, but I just think getting a player like him in the third or fourth round, potentially earlier. I mean, he ran fast. He's big. He's strong. He, he's a local product. And he's a lot better than people you know, give him credit for. I don't think that he had the Brees Bre- Hall type numbers, but he's a running back that's big, has great hands. You know, he ran fast enough. I believe it was a 4-4 something of my notes. And, you know, just he's a good football player. You know, he's a good, a really good football player. And I think that he'll just complement, you know, the Arizona Cardinals air raid passing game, also running game as well, and James Conner.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they become kind of a three-headed monster as far as the backfield group goes now because, you know, Daryl Williams' strength was catching the ball out of the backfield just over nine yards per catch or reception uh, better than Chase Edmonds. I mean, if you look at the numbers, right. you, you give me the graphic. Chase Edmonds, Daryl Williams, we've got it as far as it's the Spider-Man meme. it's They're just pointing at each other. They're pretty much the same player. Yeah. Um, they can do a lot of similar things, except Chase Edmonds, a little bit more dynamic, rushing the football over five yards per carry. He was a beast in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think he was, uh, as far as running backs concerned, he actually had the highest yards per carry in the fourth quarter. And that's so important when you're trying to bleed and salt away games, uh, when you're sitting on a lead. So maybe, Eno Benjamin becomes your, you know, Chase Edmonds running back type, you know, toting the rock. And then you got Daryl Williams, who can be your receiving back. And then James Conner, you can get those those snaps where you want them to be because we know James Conner, his injury history. Uh, if you're expecting a full workload, you're gonna see not a full season from James Conner. So that's so important to keep that workload where you want it and for him to be as the best James Conner you can get, and uh, you know, maybe return uh season. I'm not saying he's gonna get 18 touchdowns again, but the Cardinals are expecting big things once again from JC. No, yeah, uh, and I think uh, go ahead, go ahead Damian.
0: We got it. Well, I think Daryl Williams is kind of the logical thought partner to him as a pass-catching back. He's a plus-receiving back. He's going to be cheap. If they bring him on, he's going to make close to the vet minimum. He's going to sign a one-year deal. He's only 26 years old. And I think back to that 2020 postseason run and eventual Super Bowl title from Kansas City, he took over for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or excuse me, he took over as their lead back for Le'Veon, uh, not Le'Veon Bell, was it uh, Kareem Hunt? Remember, Kareem Hunt got um, in trouble and got and got kicked out, basically, and they cut him. And Darrell Williams took over and had over 100 yards rushing in that um, postseason for Kansas City, I believe, in route to their Super Bowl and was fantastic in the process, had over four yards per carry. And everybody in Kansas City, you know, I, I, Bo and I have talked about this before, like you have to have a stable of backs to be able to, to get to the highest level and have a bunch of guys contribute different things. Darrell Williams, according to people in Kansas City, has been the better back between he and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, of course, the former first-round pick at LSU, got touches and carries because of his draft status. Darrell Williams has been doing the dirty work. He's he's fantastic on the goal line. He's somebody I think will bring leadership aspects. Having that Super Bowl experience, that playoff experience, I like that in terms of James Conner. I am not somebody who wants to take a back before the first or second round. I don't think that's how you build your team in 2022 unless it's a generational prospect. I really like this, this approach. If you can couple him with an Eno and, of course, James Conner. James Conner cannot, to Bo's point, touch the ball 400 times a year, 350 times a year. He will not last. But if you get the right amount, 15 to 17 touches a game, he's a dominant player in the red zone. Darrell Williams can absolutely handle himself specifically on third down in those critical pass blocking um, down and distances. I, I think this is a logical add and something that really will help the Cardinals not force a running back pick with one of their top three picks in the draft. No, Johnny,
1: I, I like a lot of what you just said there. I mean, primarily the ability to protect Kyler and those past situations, you know, putting, you James on a strategic play count and you could kind of go back and forth with Eno and Williams with you know situational opportunities you know first second down and you know throw but James is is good on first and second so i mean maybe it's every other series but i think yeah. if you look back and you identify what the cardinals are trying to do They're just trying to replace, you know, a little money ball strategy and replace the percentage of reduction, you know, production. It's like, okay, like, you know, in the meme, as you talked about, Bo, you know, Spider-Man pointing at each other. I mean, that's all it is. You got one that's got to depart. He's owed X amount of dollars. You got two, as you said, Johnny, he's going to be cheap. He's going to be at a vet minimum. He's going to be a a very, you know, a, a minimum impact on our cap. But we get the production that we need. And if we just get that and nothing better, we know that we have this this pot this spot solidified to move forward
2: i will i, I hate to call you out jv but that was damian williams wasn't well, yeah no. williams yeah damian williams he was the he was the back for kansas city during their their title run
0: why did, why is it showing up on pro football reference as as when i go to playoffs in playoffs? 2020 <laughs> wow. he's got 28 rushes for 135 oh, yards they well, had 12
2: they in, in 2020
0: did. When did they win the Super Bowl in 2019? Yeah. Okay. They still uh, he still ran the ball well in the playoffs in 2020. He still had he still had 20 carries for 100 something yards. That's that's legit. Ba- basically has the same name as that. Uh, <laughs> Daryl Williams and Damian Williams and Damian Anderson's on our show. I mean, yeah, give me man. give me some grace on a Monday. There's too
2: many Williams. Right. There's too many Damians. I'm a stickler. That's that's the problem. I'm I'm the hard ass here. It's uh it's it's not your fault, Johnny. I mean, let me ask you this though, Damien. When we looked at that video and he's going downfield and he's making a big catch uh, for his quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, the one thing I loved about Chase Edmonds is he had this rapport with Kyler Murray that I don't think anybody on the Cardinals had. Like they just had this kind of sixth sense for each other. They knew where they were gonna be. When plays broke down, Chase Chase Edmonds, like if we forget the bad ending to the Green Bay game, that drive. There were some big plays made by Chase Edmonds in the past game. What is it about a, a running back? How does he develop that type of chemistry with his quarterback? Is that just something that happens? like, Or is that just something Is that something you can develop?
1: Well, I mean, I, I feel like part of it is, you know, like that. I think, what is it, Paul Rudd? you know what I mean? Meme where they're like, look at us. Yes. <laughs> look at me."
2: Look at, look at us. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Part of it is just trust, right? Part of it is time, you know, if they both came in around the same time and they've both, you know, just were able to hang out. I mean, when guys enter the league, they're young and they're just about, you know, just hanging out, having a good time and working towards their goals, right? We're being in the weight room together, being at, you know, rookie orientation together. So I think that Kyler and, you know Chase are just just connected through opportunities of success, right? Kyler knows that he has a you know that safe that safe go to go to Chase whenever something is you know awry. Okay, nothing's open. I know Chase is in the game. He's on the left or the right side. I'm going to give him the ball and he's going to make something happen. Most importantly, he's going to catch it, right? And I think that in order to do that, obviously as a quarterback in the National Football League, they get they sign a guy to Johnny's point. He's a running back who's rushed for over 100 yards in the in the NFL playoffs. So he has some credibility to his name, you know, like 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 um, what what is that? The guy from Cash Money put some respect on his name, on Darren Williams' name, or you know what I mean. So when it comes down to it, I think that Kyler will establish that trust if, if he becomes a part of the, the the Cardinals' offense, and then he will just know, like, hey, this guy can make plays for me, and if if it's a question of throwing the ball away or, or squeezing it into, you know, my running back to go down the field and make a play, I'm going to get it to my running back to make a play.
0: All right. So we've touched on the backfield, right? And again, yeah. nothing has been solidified. John Gambadaro of Arizona sports said, you know, they, they'd like to sign him would be great. Number two to James Connor, you uh, know, then is in the mix for a number three back and on special teams. Let's look to receiver because as of this point, gentlemen, they have not made a move at receiver this off season. Uh, no A.J. Green returning as I, I would be uh, pretty surprised if if he returned before the draft at this point. No Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. Um, they did sign a rotational receiver, more so to play on special teams about a week ago from the Dallas Cowboys. But no significant additions at receiver. Um, there are some receivers that supposedly are in play to be dealt this offseason. Brandon Cooks supposedly is on the market for a second round pick. And then Nikhil Harry, former Arizona Sun Devil, first round pick of the New England Patriots, sounds like he's got a better chance to be cut than traded. But the Cardinals have two picks in the sixth, three in the seventh, and they've got their own kind of receiver dilemma from that draft with Andy Isabella potentially on his way out. So of those options, and again, if you're going to pick, I'd rather Brandon Cooks than Nikhil Harry. But if the price is right, would Nikhil Harry make some sense to come back to Arizona?
1: I mean, to to me, in terms of if you look at the, the Pats, you know, history in terms of just receiver success, right? Does Andy Isabella not fit that mold? we've been
0: saying and it playing at planet umass on east coast guy i feel like though if it if it was going to happen it would have already happened by now don't you think i mean
1: potentially yeah i mean i think johnny i think to us it makes a lot of sense and i would just say that that would be and i guess my following question to you guys be would that be an easy you know would that be a player for player andy for Nikhil harry or is he like you mentioned does Nikhil harry get you know released i think that just for depth purposes i think that when when you have a first round tag to your name, you think of automatic expectations of productivity at a high level. I would say at least a you know a sniff at a pro you know a Pro Bowl or two. I, I would think from a first round standpoint, especially with the energy that he left Chandler High School, you know where my son went, um, and you know going to ASU and having the success that he did there. I just think that you have you expect the expectation of a first round draft pick is to go out there and be the next you know number one for that team. That necessarily hasn't happened. Maybe it's a system. Maybe it's a person. I'm not really sure. But I think that what tends to happen is the right fit for players, right? Like when I was playing, guys didn't have a lot of success initially, but they went on to other teams and had a lot of success. So potentially in the air raid offense, you know, with Cliff, with Kyler, you know, that can change. And he doesn't have to take on all the pressure because he has a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and Zach Ertz and a guy like Kyler Murray, a quarterback.
2: I don't want to make excuses for Nikhil Harry, but I mean – he. Tom Brady probably he's not known for integrating rookies into their offense right away. That was his rookie season. And then next thing you've got Cam Newton is your quarterback. And we know that he had t- trouble throwing the ball downfield. And then you've got Mac Jones. You've got a rookie quarterback back there last season. So Keel Harry hasn't exactly had the best opportunity to get up to speed for the New England Patriots. I, a change of scenery would do well for both of these guys, just to see if they can belong at this wow. level. And Nikhil Harry, I mean, when we look at this this draft this year, Traylon Burks, I think Nikhil Harry was a very similar prospect. And as far as, you know, when you get the ball in his hands, he just is a playmaker. So if the Arizona Cardinals can figure out a way to maybe get him some reps, maybe get some like the equivalent of an NBA layup drill at the NFL level and just get this guy acclimated, get him on the field again, get him feeling some success and just see what happens. Because it's a low risk, high reward, maybe medium reward. But it's a very low-risk move for the Arizona Cardinals to check in on a guy, get him back comfortable. As you said, start at Chandler. Was, was it Drake Anderson? Is that your son, Damian? Yes, sir. I mean, the, the Wolves, that's a program in itself. And then at yeah. 82, we started there for the Sun Devils. It's just comfortable for a guy like Nikhil. It just makes too much damn sense for the Cardinals, especially with where they are outside of DeAndre Hopkins. I think the only pushback
0: with regard to a trade is Nikhil is due, I think, over $3 million this year. If he's somebody that's going to be a fringe you know, fourth or fifth receiver, somebody who may or may not play special teams, somebody who could take valuable snaps away, at least initially from the 23rd overall pick, I'd want to rework that money a little bit because the offsetting money with Andy Isabella, Isabella going a full round later is significantly less. Andy is old, about $1.5 million. so about double if you get to Nikhil's salary and then some. So I think Nikhil makes sense from my uh, prospect of if New England is willing to eat some of the money, and then as well as if the cardinals can just sign him straight up as a free agent i think if he hits if he hits free agency certainly i don't think he's going to be claimed by a team he might but if he gets cut and he hits and he's a street free agent uh like hakeem butler was once upon a time i think he makes a lot of sense for the cardinals i think he would want to come home i don't know this definitively but I think he would want to play in in an offense that highlights receivers. I mean, New England is very much, they want to run the football, right? I would not trust if I was an NFL player. That's why they're going out and getting a Devontae Parker. They just can't hit on receivers. They've never been able to under the Belichick era. um, Julian Edelman is the closest thing. He was a quarterback converted receiver in the seventh round. But you think about like Arden Tate and Chad Jackson and a bunch of these guys that Belichick has tried to take early out of the SEC is just completely missed. So I – I feel like for the people who are, are sweating that the, the Patriots are going to take a receiver before the Cardinals, I don't think so. I think they're, they're going to go front seven because that's what Belichick does in the early rounds with great success, and I think they're going to try to piecemeal the receiving core, and I think the Cardinals could be the benefactor for somebody like Nikhil Harry, who, who Bo, to your point, he, he just needs a fresh start. Get him out of that climate. Get him out of that rigid offensive structure. Come to Arizona with a quote-unquote air raid with three or four wide receivers of the norm.
2: I love it. I mean, I get an old electric Sun Devil back back in the great state forty-eight. Uh, we're also talking about electric. We have a new partner, not just Damian Anderson. We've got our new partner in the house. We're excited to welcome OGs brand into PHX family. OGs is one of Arizona's first original scratch-made cannabis kitchens and is dedicated to creating innovative and memorable cannabis-infused products that flavor life journey. The quality of their products stem from a combination of accurate dosing and amazing flavor. Edibles are not one-size-fits-all product, which is why OG's is proud to offer a wide range of products for all demographics and preferences. OG's, welcome to PHNX family. Johnny, uh, let's keep this wide receiver conversation going. Uh, I saw over the weekend, it was according to Jeremy Fowler, kind of a dialed-in ESPN reporter, that the Houston Texans were... Not starting any kind of conversation about Brandon Cooks, who a couple months ago somebody said was in, in, inevitable that he was going to be moved this offseason. Wide receiver, 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons, second-round pick. Should Steve Kine consider a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks to come in and be that wide receiver, too? I'm going to kick it to Damian. Damian, what do you think? I've got a hot
0: take. You you <laughs> kick us off because I'm anxious to hear your thoughts.
1: Huh? For 1,000 yards – second round pick, you think about the time and the value of what, what year is he on the contract? Because there's a, it's not, it, it's facts and circumstances because there's a lot of variables that you got to look at. You can't just look like, yeah, I'd swap them immediately. So what, what, what does he do, Johnny? What, well,
0: I'm- I can tell you he's under 30 years old and he is very cost effective and he's got consecutive thousand yard seasons. He is, I believe, 29 years old. Fun fact, Amari Cooper was only 27 he got Pennies on the dollar. I think that's the Cardinals market they should have been in. Brandon Cooks, I want to say, is in the vicinity of maybe 13, 14 million dollars. Very productive. And the Cardinals have gone to this Houston well many times. Of course, (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins once upon a time, then signing JJ Watt right after he was cut. So I think very poetic. If I'm Houston, though, I'm like, I'm not sending you one of our better players yet again. I don't care if you want to give us your second round pick, Cardinals. We can't funnel any more of our marquee players but, to you. David but, Johnson, poor David Johnson's a shell of himself there.
1: Yeah, but I think if it if it makes dollars, it makes sense. And I think that for, for Houston, if they get something in return, as you mentioned, the second round pick, they're trying to retool and figure it out. They just departed ways with their, with their quarterback with another 1,000-yard receiver, and you have DeAndre Hopkins, assuming that he's healthy, and you have a three-headed monster just to go with Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, and Ertz. I mean, that puts you back in the prime time when the Cardinals had a three-headed monster with Preston, Bolden, and, and Fitzgerald. I mean, legitimately. So I think to all our points of knowing what the defensive fronts that they'll see and having reliable receivers that can stretch the football field, make something out of, make something out of nothing and be sure-handed, a guy that has had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons demonstrates that he's successful, he can play at a high level, And that he's, he's someone that you can count on. And to some, some, some of the same points that we, you know, argued about with Washington, they're going to a place that they're familiar with, with guys that they know can play at a high level.
2: One thing I'll say though, is I'll I'll sound like an old man's, like back in my day, like this thing cost a nickel. It's like, uh, we just fleeced you for DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick. Now it's going to cost us a second round pick for Brandon cooks. Like these are not, these are not even as far as these deals go. I think it's not disrespectful to pick up the phone and say, let's talk third-round pick here. Because I think it would just be like Rodney Hudson. You're getting a plug-and-play veteran player. From what I've heard, he's incredible in the locker room guy in Brandon Cooks. I just think a second-round pick is pretty steep because you've got a guy that you're going to be able to control for four years under the rookie-scale contract. And uh, you know that that's tough to pass up when the Arizona Cardinals and you're staring down paying Kyler Murray $43 million a year.
0: Yeah, uh, Brandon Cooks. I was a little bit modest on my projection. He's due sixteen million dollars next yes. year, so not exactly chump change. But he is productive, and I think he's worth it. The breaking point for me, gentlemen, is he is a free agent after twenty twenty two, which means he will need to be paid. So I think to Bo's point, <coughs> excuse me, I, I don't think you're getting a second round pick. I think Jeremy Fowler is floating that because that's what Houston wants. And if I'm Houston, I would just you you have ample cap. You have a ton of cap space. You have a quarterback you need to support on a rookie deal. I don't know why it makes sense for them to deal him unless you get a premium. But if they're committed in saying, well, we're going to draft a bunch of rookie receivers. We're just going to let our our rookies go with the kid from Stanford, grow with the kid from Stanford, uh, Davis Mills. And we want to just get him off our books like they talked about doing with Laramie Tunsil and then inevitably didn't. I think a third round pick is is what I would pay. I would not pay a second round pick either. Not for a, a soon to be free agent. Rodney Hudson's one thing because mm-hmm. the centers aren't breaking the bank and you felt in a good position where he was ready to work out a long-term deal. Brandon cooks. If I'm Brandon cooks and I'm seeing some of these deals on the free agent market for receivers, I, there's no way unless somebody wants to franchise me, I'm signing anything as much as I would love Hopkins and Murray and everything going on in Arizona. That's why I just think that we look at the landscape, the NFL right now. I, I do not trust this receiver market as far as I can throw it. I, I, you have to put wide so receiver inflated. in the top it's five inflated. position. It's inflated it is, like it is inflated. So, inflated. so take a receiver at, at 23 and pay them nothing for five years. I know they're not proven. I would rather roll the dice there.
1: No, Johnny, I think you make some great points. The fact that he's a free agent, but I, I got to look at that. Just that cost benefit analysis. I mean, maybe you don't get them at the beginning of the year, but you make a trade in season. Just look at the impact Von Miller made. And I know it's a different position, but just the, the impact Von Miller made to that that Rams defense, you know, just opening up things on that defensive line, and he just made an impact. All his job was do was get a couple of sacks. Some were premium, you know, in the Super Bowl, and to allow that team to win a, to win a Super Bowl. So, if you get a guy for a year, is it worth sixteen million? I just can't see Steve and, and, and Michael making that happen. I just don't see that, you know, feasibly manageable. Could it happen during the middle of the year? Yeah, I, I, I do see that after some time has going uh gone by maybe depreciated in value a little bit and or to you guys's point a third round pick for sure it's, oh, it's only it's factor seen. being that 16 million though guys like that's yeah, yeah I, think I think they, they
2: definitely could use it i think that's how it work out after it's all said and done as far as dead oh, the, hit, the yeah. hit yeah gotcha yeah. but you know people or the cardinals need to figure something out like either steve kime needs to draft better and if you're going to keep a guy as your gm you just have to assume that at some point it's going to, he's going to figure it out because that's such a huge, huge factor in being a successful GM and, and team building or pivot to the less neat F them picks philosophy, because if that's the case, then you go, then then you're in the market for guys like Brandon cooks all the time. And they just, they need to pick a
0: lane. And I think they yeah, picked sure. their lane. We haven't, we went through the month of March without a significant outside addition of note. I mean, a lot of their additions we're going to talk about one in the final segment, like, you have to look them up. You don't know where they came from before. They're NFL players. That's great. But they're the bottom half. Sometimes the bottom thirty of your roster. And so, okay, Steve, like this is – and I think, Bo, you've got an article coming out on gophnx.com later this week, 50 cents for the first month, Eight ninety nine for the subsequent month, talking about like if you're going – I want the Cardinals to be, of course – Phenomenal drafters, right? But that's not who Steve Kine has shown to be for his 10 drafts or nine drafts or whatever it's been since 2013. So if you're going to go to that realm of, okay, we're going to play our young players, we have a new strategy on how to hit on players, great. But we we have not seen that come to fruition yet. His most successful draft, you can make an argument, was seven years ago in 2015 with Humphreys and Marcus Golden and, and David Johnson, right? And then since then, it's really been a mixed bag combined with thank goodness, Kyler Murray. Like, it's, it's, if you're ready to get back to basics here, I'm all for it. But man, you better hit on these picks because you, you, you basically were a bystander the entire month of March.
1: No, but, but Johnny, I think that again, I'm going back to that, you know, money ball, you know, analogy. And I think Steve is at a point where, you know, is the price worth the purchase, you know, In given the structure of our team, you know, winning as many games that they've done, you know, going up against the, the eventual Super Bowl, you know, champions and losing, you know, looking as if they, you know, like, Hey, we're not that far away, but if we could replace these pieces, think about it, JJ Watt doesn't get hurt. Deandre Hopkins doesn't get hurt. Are we feeling this bad about the Arizona Cardinals? Because I think that people forget those impacts you lose basically one third of your offensive reduction, you lose, you know, one, you know, what's the value of JJ Watt. It's not always tackles. It's about attention. And that's what he enables that that to happen on that defensive line. He's being disruptive. He's, he's causing for double teams. He's allowing other guys, uh, linebackers and, you know, defensive ends to kind of run free. And it's like, what's the, what value do you place on that? Although it doesn't show up in tackles or sacks, not having J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler getting injured, those are, you know, problematic for the overall, you know, long, dur- you know, long, long-term uh, for the season of the Cardinals. So I think if you have a complete team, that doesn't happen every year. Yes, it's a game of attrition in the National Football League, but if you have the guys relatively healthy, I think we're having a completely different you know, conversation. I think what Steve's trying to do, the value isn't like to your point, Johnny, the game's inflated right now. So what we're going to try and do is replace guys on pieces that we need to complete this football team.
2: Children under five or children five and older eligible for the COVID nineteen vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick. Vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov/slash-find-vaccine for a location near you. Well,
0: should we talk about the one move that the Cardinals made today? They went out and they signed yet another tight end. They've made three additions up front on the offensive line with respect to the tight end this off season. Of course, the re-signing of Zach Ertz and Max Williams now bringing in a former, I wanted to say, do you guys do that San Diego charger, but it's an LA charger in Steven Anderson uh, once upon a time. Uh, and, and now he's an Arizona Cardinal one-year deal. He's six. He's got some significant size. He's, more thought of as a special teamer with some plus receiving skills. And I think just another red zone option for Kyler Murray, I I don't mind this move. I think he is probably more so the Ertz backup than the Max Williams backup. So if Ertz were to go down, you've got some nice rotational depth now at tight end. I, I like big bodies for Kyler Murray to target, especially in the red zone. I I want to see the smaller guys with respect to Rondell Moore. I don't want to see them isolated in the red zone, maybe unless they're lined up in the backfield. To me, I, I'm I'm flooding Kyler Murray with with guys over six foot when they get inside the 20. That's just my opinion, though.
1: No, I, I think the it's just a peat a piece in depth. I think when you look at Anderson and his ability, as you were talking, you know, over that that clip, uh Johnny, you look at him, he has a little bit of wiggle. He gets upfield and he he makes decisive plays, that's a replacement for Ertz. And I think if you have a guy like that, You know that he's going to do a solid job on special teams, and you know if you need him, he's going to come in and fill that role for Ertz and potentially be a – you know, I'd say a, a value added on offense. It's about matchups, right? So, okay, so we're identifying different sets with multiple tight ends. We, we come in, like we're going to go tight and run the football, split out, and we have a, you know, Mike or Sam, I mean, a Will or a Sam linebacker, you know, covering them, and you hope that a guy like that wins those one-on-one matchups. So, again, it comes down to piece, pieces, adding pieces to to their roster and also depth for sure.
2: And getting a guy who can just take advantage of, you know, the defense not picking him up, emphasizing him. I mean, the emphasis of the Arizona Cardinals on offense is going to be DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, Zach Hurts, James Conner. It's like we saw with Max Williams, he took advantage of just getting lost in the the shuffle and and made some big plays. If if, if Steven Anderson can kind of do that, if he can be a second or third tight end on the field and they're in big jumbo packages and can make plays in the pass game, that's great. But I, I think at the end of the day, you know, by the end of the summer, we're going to be de- debating whether or not, you know, is he going to make the roster? You, know, yeah. you hope you hope so. I just don't know his impact. It's going to be probably just under 200 yards and it's good. I mean, this is where the Arizona card. This is what they're shopping for right now. The guys to kind of fill in the gaps because the stars were already on this roster. They just need some compliments. And if a guy like Steven Anderson can, can do it. Perfect. Rafa makes a good point in the
0: chat. He says, I like it. Max Williams come back. Of an injury, by the way, Max Williams hasn't completed a full season healthy in over two years, and Mm -hmm. it's an improvement over Daryl Daniels. Um, I I wonder if it is going to be more until they have that capable number two receiver, a run dominant offense. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think Kyler Murray uh, does well with it with a very strong running game, as we saw in first half of the season last year in his rookie season, the second half of the season. um, The Cardinals can run the ball. When they choose to, uh, and I think they get, they can get away from that. Cliff can get away from that. So if this is a step in that direction, not becoming a run dominant team, but just having that presence when they're when they want to have that presence, I think there's a good thing. My only concern is why why is this team? It, it feels like this team is the only team or one of the only teams. Maybe it's because I just cover this this team that is targeting these kind of players this early in free agency. I mean, we're talking about a guy who may or may not make the roster after the beginning of. Of training camp in July and August, and it's like this feels like a, a time where you should sign like priority free agents, right? And there are tons of priority free agents—not maybe household names, but quality names to be had. It just I find it bizarre that the car we have not heard the Cardinals link to one top fifty free agent either coming in for a visit this entire off season. It is so unlike Steve Kym. Dating back to his start as GM in 2013, this is by far. It's like he's completely gone against what has made him the risk taker that he is. And I would have thought, especially gentlemen, after he signed his extension, you're playing with house money at that point. If this is Steve kime with his career on the line, and he's like, "God, I gotta, I gotta take it down a little bit. I can't screw up too badly." I get that, but I, I get you maybe trying to play the long game. But man, the the, the pulse of the fan base is certainly like. Number one, who are these players we're signing and where's our money going? That's, that's what I get right now on Twitter. <laughs> no,
1: but John, I got to follow up with that because what would you like, what makes sense to you? Like, I want to throw this to you because you're very passionate about it. And I mean, my take on it is the cardinal have, the Cardinals have depth at the position positions that they like. Do they need a, a replacement, on defensive line? Yes. Do they need assistance on offense at wide receiver in those, in, in the available free agents, you know, that you're not getting hit over the head or playing higher, you know, inflated dollars for, you know, what makes sense this off season? Like what makes sense? Who should the Cardinals be linked to and or sign that makes sense for what they do?
0: I, I just feel like right now there were pass rushers to be had talking about the contract that Hassan Reddick got from Philadelphia. And we don't know if, if Hassan Reddick just wanted to go back to Philadelphia and go back home, but there were, Z'Darrius Smiths of the world, maybe maybe making a t- trade with somebody like uh, the kid from Minnesota. Uh, defensive tackles, the kid from Chicago. Um, I think the receiver market, you at least need to get a, another capable veteran receiver opposite Hopkins because you can't rely on pick 23 to be there for you. Like, if, if there's a run on receivers in the top 20, and you're sitting there and you're like, oh no, we thought one of our three guys was going to be there. What, what happens now? I, I just... You have money to spend. You've restructured some guys. You've cut the likes of Jordan Phillips, among others. Like Will Hernandez is coming in making no money. I mean, the guys that you've paid for the most part are making vet minimum deals. The only person coincidentally that you've guaranteed any money to past this season is a guy who hasn't played football in over a year and is a guy who's largely unproven. I it's it's it, it's I'm not saying I hate it. It's just very bizarre.
1: Or or they could be saving up because they know that they got to drop that bag off to Kyler.
0: <laughs> but the Rams just did that with Matthew Stafford. They just paid Matthew Stafford. And it was like, ho oh, let's go about our business. Let's get Allen Robinson. Let's get Bobby Wagner. It's in their own division. Like um. you can't sit there and tell me, okay, we got to pay Kyler. So we're just punting on the off season. That's not, that's not good enough either. But,
1: but, but are we, but are we expecting Steve to act? You know what I mean? Out of character. And I know that you said he's been much more active, but I mean, if you looked at, you know, his decisions in the past, they've been very calculated. It hasn't just been like, we've made splashes for this guy. And pay, and, and when he, when he has stretched for guys like Mike Ayupati like that necessarily, you didn't get your return on, on investment. I mean you necessarily that didn't happen. So I think for Steve it has to be structured in a way that the Cardinals are going to get a guaranteed playmaker and maybe give up little minimal exposure. You know, for a guy that's a stud like a DeAndre Hopkins for you know a second round pick and I understand the impact of, of the cap and that in that aspect. But for a third round guy, he's gonna see what warrants that trade. And if a guy doesn't live up to that, I don't I don't see Steve pulling that trigger. But you mentioned you know some great points. There were opportunities out there. I mean, as we both know, we all know in the game uh, of media, it always it always doesn't get communicated right um, to everyone. But they could have been there at the last point. I mean, you guys know just as well as I do. The quarterback in you know Cleveland, all of a sudden the Browns are out, and then he's signing a mega deal with them. So that's how you know information flows back and forth, um, you know, from day to day, right? It's it's constantly fluid, and I think that I think they have a solid team. Think that would it appease the fans if they sign some people yeah uh does depth help for sure do they need to make some ch- you know some changes i mean all you you always need to always look for ways to improve your team but i think that they're banking on we got to pay tyler hopefully jj's healthy deandre you know we could mix some guys move some guys around and make them stars and or You know, we we have to identify that in the draft, whether that's going to be that 23rd pick of that front seven, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, Johnny, or the second round pick and and try and get a a receiver there.
0: Well, how how do you feel about their inactivity? Now, I I do think that it has something to be said about the fact that Humphreys is a free agent after this year, Marcus Golden, Byron Murphy, Zach Allen. Do you think they're prioritizing their own or these calculated moves of guys who are going to play key roles in the fall?
2: I think it's overall the NFL is just trying to figure itself out right now. It's been such a wild offseason with so many quarterbacks moving. Uh, You've seen some big deals. You've seen some deals that made sense, some that didn't. And the market is just a complete mess. And I'm sure you've got some representation out there, some agents that are asking for the moon for some of these guys as far as the deals are concerned. And it might start to maybe correct itself by draft time or, or after that but it's going to be a waiting game because it's, it's, it's so the waters are so muddy. Like you don't know what you have. you have to pay every single dollar to a quarterback and make it guaranteed? Like what's a wide receiver? What's a wide receiver two, net you on the free agent market? How much do those guys get? How much does it cost to trade for him? What's the draft pick? You know, I think that this things have been so screwy, so wacky this off season that the NFL is just like, we're just going to take a beat here and try to figure out, you know, what, what the value of. These positions are because it doesn't and it it does if you don't want to be the first team to go back out there and make the move and pay Julio Jones above what he was probably going to get if you waited it out. So the Arizona Cardinals don't have a ton to mess around with. They don't have enough to make a mistake. So they're just trying to make the right move. And Steve Kimes playing the, the waiting game. He's trying to be patient. Um, so, and, and it might come after the draft. It's not fun for us who have to talk about it every day. It's not no, fun. No, 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 it isn't. Fans out there coming off of the way that things finished. I mean, you want to see this team immediately improve its roster where it, it's it's just reality is the, the off season's all the way up until the beginning of September. So it, it could be, you know, that long of a waiting game. At least you'll have the draft in between. But, I mean, as far as making a splash, something's got to give. Like, they, they got to make like a heavyweight you know, uh, just type cannonball splash into the pool at some point because I don't think it's good enough to compete, especially with that world champion sitting ahead of you in the division.
0: I can always count on Bo Brock to be the voice of reason here on the PHNX Cardinals podcast. As we wrap it up, I want to remind everybody, be sure to subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's an immense help. If you like us, leave us a five-star review Follow us on PHNX Sports on YouTube. Damian Anderson's first show in the books. It's been a fun one, my friend. We hope you come back and you continue hanging. We love your insight. We we, got to do this uh, more often. It it was definitely fun. I can't believe that,
1: you know, it's by already. I mean, that was fun. Yeah, it was a good time, man.
0: Excellent. For Bo Brock, Damian Anderson, I'm Johnny Venerable. We will be back with an audio podcast tomorrow. But until then, see you later.